Hallelujah. Merry Christmas. Lord, just want to thank you for this morning. I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for every soul that is inside this room, every soul that's watching online, be it on Facebook, on YouTube. I pray, Lord, that you speak through me today and you inspire, you encourage, you reveal who you are and the significance of the celebration of this day and what it truly represents. Lord, I pray we have fun as we unpackage today's revelation in Jesus' name. And the people of God said... Amen. Before you sit down, give someone a high five, give them a hug, say happy, say happy birthday, say Merry Christmas. Come on. Now, for those who were here yesterday, the challenge was, if you, weren't, if you were here yesterday and you didn't come today, I would challenge your salvation. I was joking, right? So, obviously, you're born again, praise the Lord. That's all fun and games from me. Today's title of the message is The Gift of Understanding. The Gift of Understanding. I enjoyed Christmas. When I was young, I enjoyed Christmas. Presents, food, family, fun, everything happened in Christmas. I was a bit of a selfish child. I wanted everything that probably my mom couldn't afford, but I still wanted it, right? Because my friends had it, or I saw it on TV. And Christmas really, for me, was a, a moment where I can get things, and it wasn't my birthday. I didn't really stress about going to church. Church at that time of my life was simply a, a, a means to an end, because we got to church, of the church, presents. Hallelujah. So in a way, for me, um, going to church on, on Christmas Day was a good thing, But it wasn't good in God's eyes as to why and how I was engaging. Now, the beautiful thing about Christmas, and there's many beautiful things about Christmas, is that it's all about the understanding of the day. Let's go straight into scripture. Let's go to Luke chapter 2, verse 25 to 32. 25 to 32. Okay, and I'll read And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was was just and devout, waiting for the the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Remember that. The Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now, the Lord's Christ, the word Christ means anointed one or chosen one. So, the Holy Spirit had told this man, Simeon, you will not die until you see my chosen one. Verse 27. So, he came by the Spirit. This is Simeon. So, he he was led by the Spirit of God into the temple. Just like so many people who I spoke to before this service. People have said to me, I don't come to this church. I I just felt led here. Verse 27. God's already talking. Verse 28, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your words, for my eyes have seen your salvation. So this is Simeon looking at baby Jesus and saying, I can now die in peace because I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, 
and the glory of your people Israel. The key things here is this. By the Spirit, Simeon was given eyes to understand that this baby was the Lord's Christ, the Lord's chosen one. It wasn't through intellect. It wasn't because he was taught. He didn't sit down at university for three years, sometimes four, depending on what course you're studying, and say, aha, one day you're going to see the Lord's Christ. It wasn't that. The Spirit of God took Simeon, an old man, by the Spirit. He had understanding that this baby wasn't a normal baby. It was the anointed one. It was the chosen one. Now, why is this important? Because the title of the message is this. Huh? The gift of understanding. I'm not talking about intellectual understanding. I'm talking about spiritual understanding. Sometimes you just know something is true. And we're going to pose a question at the end of this service to find out if you are perceiving what, (laughs) or (laughs) if you're perceiving if the Spirit of God is guiding you this morning. (laughs) The gift of understanding truly is a gift. And without understanding, this is worth writing down, the truth you do not understand or do not know will always produce dilution. And whatever you dilute loses its specific concentration to do what it was intended to do. Also, whatever is not understood is often overlooked. Whatever is not understood is often overlooked. The truth you do not understand will produce dilution. Now, people that know me, there's two drinks I really hold dearly to my heart. Supermalt and Nigerian Fanta. Pray for me. If I was to add half a cup of water to Supermalt, I would no longer like that drink. If I was to add half a cup to Nigerian Fanta, I would no longer like that drink because I like that drink for what it is. Its concentration is perfect for me. So the moment I would add something that is not of it or too much of it, it loses its taste, it loses its way it was supposed to be um, drunk, it loses my desire to drink it. This is so true to just basic truths that you don't understand or don't know will affect how you perceive it, if you perceive it at all, and if you'll understand it. Let's go into scripture to show you what I mean. Genesis chapter 5, verse 4 to 29. We're not going to read it. But in Genesis chapter 5, verse 4 to 29, it's talking about um, who, who begat who. So, for those who are new to the whole Bible thing, begat is kind of like Adam had his son, and his son was Seth. And Seth had his son, and his son was Enosh. And Enosh, in fact, right, I want everyone to count with me, right? Is everyone ready to count? We're going to participate today. Okay. Each time I say a name, just count. Yep. Adam had Seth. Seth, uh, that's the same same one. (laughs) Seth had Enosh. Enosh had Kenan. Kenan had Mahalalel. Mahalalel had Jared. Jared had Enoch. Enoch had Methuselah. Methuselah had Lamech. Lamech had Noah. Hands up if you've heard about Noah before. 
right? Okay, now check this out. You may not know this, but if you do a word study on those names, you'll find out the following. You'll find out that Adam means man, Seth means appointed, Enosh means mortal, Kenan means sorrow, Mahalalel means the blessed God, Jared means shall come down, Enoch means teaching, Methuselah means his death shall bring, Lamech means the despairing, Noah means rest or comfort. If I was to read to you the first 10 names of men born from Adam, the translation says this, Adam, um, man appointed mortal sorrow, the blessed God shall come down, teaching that his death shall bring the despairing rest. The gospel is found in Genesis chapter 5. Now, if you haven't experienced that teaching before, you wouldn't have known this. So if I asked you to read Genesis chapter 5, you would have just gone through, Adam begat Seth, and Seth begat Enosh, and you would have said, oh, finally, I came to Noah, and you would have missed it. It goes even deeper. There's a book that I realize hardly anyone reads. It's called Numbers. Right? And when you read this book, it's full of numbers. Yes. Now, what's really interesting is this. This is unbelievable. Just make a note. Go to Numbers chapter 2, verses 1, 2, 3. I'm going to read this off, and I'm going to give you a bit of homework for you to do at your own time. Okay, so listen to this. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying... So, okay, some, let me give you some context here. At this time, the Israelites, God's people, have been taken out of Israel. They're now in the wilderness. Moses and Aaron are leading them. Okay, now listen to this. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Every one of the children of Israel shall camp by his own standard, beside the emblems of his father's house. They shall camp some distance from the tabernacle of meeting. The tabernacle of meeting was the last message I, I shared. It's basically a moving temple. Right? Verse 3. On the east side, so this is the instruction God is given. On the east side, toward the rising of the sun, those of the standard of the forces with Judah shall camp according to their armies. And Nashon, the son of uh, uh, Minadab, shall be the leader of the children of Judah. I am not going to go through numbers today because I might fall asleep while reading. However, something that's really interesting is if you go to numbers... Um, chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, the same instruction is given to a second group of Israelites. And they're told to, to camp on the south side. The first thing I've just said was a group of Israelites who were supposed to camp on the east side. Another group in Numbers 2, 18 says that the Lord says that you have to camp on the west side. And then a final group is supposed to camp on the north side. Now, when you're reading this, you will think to yourself, I cannot wait to get to the next book. Video gallery, can we have the first picture? Now, what's really interesting is that the Lord said, so the, the, central, the central piece is the temple, um, the tabernacle of Moses. This is moving temple. So God told them, right, 
Those who represent Ephraim, those who represent Reuben, those who represent Judah, those who represent Dan, he wants them to specifically set up in the north, south, east, west. No one's about supposed to go in the southwest, the northwest, the southeast, the northeast. They were supposed to camp like this. Now, when you look at it, you may think to yourself, you really think, okay, that's, that's cool, great. They're camping outside. I hate camping. But what you'll understand, second picture, is if I were to take you on a helicopter and show you what it would look like if all of those Israelite um, um, groups were camped according to what God said, it would look like the cross. Interesting. But if you didn't have the understanding, you would look at numbers and go straight past it. The gift of understanding, hallelujah, will allow you to see depths of God's words and life in a way that only God can. It's not about intellect. It's about spiritual discernment. It's about spiritual understanding. And that is what God is desiring, especially for us in the society that we live in. Why is this so important to me? And why is this important for today? Because, brothers and sisters, we live in a world where we celebrate Christmas. Christmas is not in the Bible. And many young people say, Pastor A, Christmas is in the Bible. What are you, talk, what are you doing? Like, it's, 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 a, it's a pagan worship. I'm disappointed in you, Pastor A. This is how my youth talk to me. Right? Let's debunk a few things. Remember, what you don't understand, what you don't know, will affect, will dilute truth. It will bring compromise. It will, it will affect the reality of what God wants you to know. The reality is this. On Christmas Day, we're giving gifts. The 25th of December was not the day Jesus was born. I hate to tell you this. If you thought that, it wasn't. It wasn't. Now, theologians have been going on for years as to when it could have happened. Some say the Feast of Tabernacles, which is, a, is a kind of like it's a, it's a Jewish um, um, day of celebration. Some people say it is the Feast of Trumpets. There's different kind of teachings. Some even say that the 25th of December could be connected to the conception because the September is like the ninth month. So it actually could have been 25th of December that he was conceived. September he was born. We don't know. The day that he's born isn't the issue. The issue is that he was born. Brothers and sisters, the point of Christmas is knowing about the incarnation of Jesus Christ. The incarnation is very important for you to understand and know and grasp because that's what Christmas is really all about. So 25th of December, we've debunked that. How does it come into, um, into, into practice through tradition? How does the tradition come? Well, the early, um, the, uh, the early um, Catholic Church essentially adopted that day. That actual day was a celebration of, of, I believe it was the unconquered sun, some type of feast day that they used to celebrate back at that moment, and they just replaced it. When Christianity came really into force in the fourth century, they said, okay, this is what we're going to do. Now, do some homework. Emperor Constantine is someone that you really should do some research about to find out a bit more about the history of the church. 
before the fourth century, the church was going through so much, so much ward, so much, um, what's the word? Um, so much battle just to keep the faith. But when Constantine <clears throat> allowed Christianity to be legal, some of these things, these traditions started to be practiced by the church. And ever since then, the 25th of December, so celebrating Christmas was something that was done. Now, what's really interesting, I want to park that to the side. I'm listening to the, to the youth voices in my head. Yeah, but what about, what about Santa? Right, okay. Santa. Santa is technically not a real person. Of course he's not. He was manufactured by Coke. If you didn't know that, in the 20th century, 1920s, 1930s, Coke said, we're going to use this Santa character. But this Santa character came from a real person called St. Nick. Now, St. Nick was essentially a bishop in the area of Turkey. And what took place was, the, how the, the legend goes, was that there was a house of three um, young women. And the three young women um, were to be married, but the father didn't have the dowry in order to, um, to get the, 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 her, his daughters married. So what happened is that St. Nick, apparently, or just Nicholas, <laughs> Bishop Nicholas at the time, he actually had some gold coins in a bag. And apparently either, the legend is, he either threw it through the window or down the chimney. He'd done that two times. The third time he got caught by the dad. So the legend was, once they found out, oh, it's Bishop Nicholas who's doing these kind things, when good things happen to people, they said, maybe it's Bishop Nicholas. That went on through time, and eventually we get to the, to the 20th century, Coke jump on it, and we get Santa. Next. Christmas tree. All right, now, I have to be careful on this one. I might not get invited to some parents' houses anymore. But the reality is, Christmas trees... And yes, people will say, oh, yeah, but the Bible says about not cutting down trees and, 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 and decorating them. You have to understand the context of that is that those trees were cut down and they were sculpted as idols. Context. Two, yes, pagans did use um, trees like this to do their thing. But guys, if we're not going to make use of things that the world has used, no one should eat again. No one should play music again or listen to music again. I remember before I came into the faith, I was told, I believe, Pastor Claude, if you, you may know, because, uh, you know, that was a season before me. I was told that drums weren't allowed in certain churches. Is that true? Right? This is less than 30 years ago. Right, so my point is this. Yes, there has been pagan practices of, of, of trees, but the reality is, if you feel in your heart, I want a Christmas tree, I'm not going to use it for pagan practices, I'm just going to use it as decoration, then go for it. If you don't want to do that, praise God. This isn't a salvation issue, guys. Right? It's not a problem. So, we now live in a world where there are practices, there have been dilutions. The reality there is dilutions. There's Christmas trees, there's pre presents. 
haven't even got time to talk about presents. But everyone loves Christmas usually because of presents and the idea of getting presents. And sometimes we can get stuck in this idea of it's all about getting what I want. And there's a certain pleasure about presents when you receive them. But what is so interesting about what I'm trying to get to you today is this. Don't let it be the trees, the Christmas tree that distracts you, that makes you think this is what Christmas is. Don't let it be Father Christmas that makes you think this is what Christmas is. Don't let it be the gifts which are lovely that makes you think this is what Christmas is. It's about Jesus. It's the fact that Jesus has come. God has come in the flesh for mankind. That's why we celebrate it. We celebrate Christmas because we know that God loves us. How do we know? Because the Son came. The real question should be, why did the Son come? The Bible says that the whole world, all those who occupied, who lived in the world, were under the power of sin and death. We were slaves to sin. None of us, no matter how nice we dressed, no matter how nice we were to, uh, to, to each other, none of us could be able to fulfill God's law. God's law essentially, Ten Commandments plus the other 600 other ones, was, could not be done by a human who was under the power of sin and death. You must understand, brothers and sisters, that all humans were born with a sinful nature after Adam fell. Which means this nature, this spiritual nature that I have or had was disconnected from God. God's rules was really to tell to humanity, this is what I would do, try to do it. In them trying to do it, they would realize they couldn't do it. And there was something different about them and God. So ultimately, the Ten Commandments could only be fulfilled by a human who was God. That's why he came. The Bible says that he came to fulfill the law, not to abolish it. The life of God in human, we now recognize this day as Jesus Christ. He didn't just come to be with us for 33 years. No. The aim, the, so many people say to me, yeah, but Pastor A, like, uh, why, why are you talking about the, the, his, his death and not about his birth? You need to understand that he was born in order to live in us. He lives in us because he died for us. The death was a means to an end. The life was the father saying, I'm faithful. It's begun. Salvation has begun. When we look at baby Jesus, we're looking at the faithfulness of God. We're looking at the love of God. We're looking at the mercy of God. We're looking at the, 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 the fairness of God. The Bible says that the payment of sin is death. So we're supposed to ultimately die physically because of the sin that we've committed. The Bible says you don't have to die physically to pay for your sins. The Bible said that the Son of God has come to die on your behalf, to give you a new life. This life came 
in a manger for a virgin birth. Yeah, but Pastor A, why did it have to be a, a virgin birth? Bit of science for you. The chromosomes needed for a human to have a body comes from a woman. So he had to come through a woman. But the chromosomes needed for a human to have blood comes from the man. Now, Joseph is not Jesus' biological father. So Joseph's, Joseph's blood or DNA has nothing to do with Jesus' blood. The Christian knows that Jesus, though he was born from a virgin birth, his seed came from God the Father. So the blood of Jesus Christ is the blood of God. We celebrate Christmas <laughs> because the Father gave humanity the opportunity to be saved. God gave humanity the opportunity for this baby that would live another 33 years to die on a cross, not by accident, on purpose, so that all of humanity could come out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We celebrate Christmas because we've been given the opportunity to realize that God is really good. So, to wrap up, in the world that we live, don't be succumbed to the adverts, to the trees, to the, the, the decorations, even to the gifts. And sometimes the gifts are great, you know, Sometimes the packaging is terrible. <laughs> but there's always a joy in, in taking off the packaging. Never give your heart to what you're given on Christmas Day. Your heart's more than that. It's way more valuable than a gift given to you. Appreciate it for sure. But understand, in all the gifts you've been given and all the horrendous packaging that will come sometimes in the gifts. Understand, brothers and sisters, that behind your gift, there is a voice. And that voice is from the Father reminding you that the ultimate gift is his son. I want everyone to close their eyes. At home and here. Christmas season is a great opportunity. We live in a world where it's so hard to even speak Jesus at times. But they're still celebrating this season. So it's time for us to take advantage over it. You may be sitting at home or sitting in this church right now and wondering to yourself, wow, I never knew that Christmas was beyond the gifts. I never knew that Christmas was beyond the, the Christmas trees and the, the Santa pools. I never knew it was about, I never knew, I remember the nativity story, but I never knew the significance. I never understood. My brother, my sister, I tell you this. The coming of this baby Jesus is God's gift to you and a reminder as we celebrate his birth we really rejoice in the life that came as a result 
If you right now are believing, you know what? Wow. I came here. I didn't understand why. And what this man is saying, it seems true. Let me tell you this. That's called spiritual understanding. And it's a gift. And if that's you, I do want you to raise your hand in three seconds. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to do anything like that. But all of us as a church community, we're going to say the salvation prayer with all those who say, you know what, today I realize that Jesus Christ came. He died for my sins and my sins are many. And I don't want to walk down that path. He has a new path. He has a new life. That is your gift.